Welcome to the Life Coach Baker podcast. I'm Nicole Baker, life coach for perfectionists who want to set goals and actually follow through with them. I went to my first personal development seminar at the age of one. Yes, I was quite literally born into this industry. But by 15, I started to implement this mindset mumbo jumbo I'd heard so much about and it worked. As a recovering perfectionist myself, I've been able to set goals that are way out of my comfort zone and achieve them by doing things imperfectly, without self-judgment, and without the fear of their opinions. And now I help others to do the same. So if you are capital D done feeling like a hostage to this a-hole called perfectionism, then this show is for you. My goal is for you to leave each episode with tactical action steps that you can start to implement in your life now. I may be in my 20s. I may have the voice of a sassier Cinderella, but I've been doing this personal development-ish since I was a toddler. So let's dive in. What is up, my sweet friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Life Coach Baker podcast. My name is Nicole Baker, and I have a rebroadcast interview for you all today. Um, This past week, I was really under the weather. I had on and off migraines slash weird headaches that I'd never had before. And as much fun as it is to record a podcast in the dark currently, <laughs> I was wondering to myself, I was like, I know I want to obviously give you guys something. There's never a week where that won't happen. Um, but then I was thinking, what what could that be? And I was like, what is a what is a topic that no matter what you can never hear about too much? And the first thing that came up was money. Money, 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 money. Hearing about the ins and outs of money, hearing about how to make money, money mindset, all of that good stuff, how to save money, I think is a topic that we can never hear too many times. And this is a conversation that... I think you can listen to over and over and over again, and it will forever and for always come out with new new nuggets that you take away. So I'm so excited to reintroduce our guest of honor again today, Samaya Milikurio, who is a money coach and just absolute gem to face this earth. But without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and dive into today's episode with Samaya Milikurio. Welcome, Samaya. You are incredible and I can't wait for everyone to know why <laughs> but first of all <laughs> you go ahead and introduce introduce yourself who are you and what do you do yes thank you so much for having me here um, I'm Sumaya Mala Carrillo uh, I am a dancer I'm a financial coach and I'm also Pilates instructor um, and I basically help other creatives become empowered with their money uh, while learning how to put it where it makes the most impact Ooh. so I, I, I want to first off start the the dancer the dancer side of you because let me be really frank you don't hear oh I'm a dancer and I'm a, and I'm a financial coach very That's often <laughs> it's a very niche thing but first of all how did you get into dancing how did you get into that whole side yes okay well that's where I started off for sure financial coach came later um, so I started dancing when I was like 14 didn't really decide until after my freshman year in college that I wanted to dance professionally. Um, at that point, I was like studying at a, a university. I was like, 
thinking I was going to go into political science. Um, but I just kind of decided to go all in for dance and I transferred to a BFA program. Um, and then since then, I've just been dancing professionally for the last two years. Um, and I really specialize in like outdoor and site specific performance. Um, Cause I really, I just love it. It feels like so much more like expansive and like, it feels so amazing as a performer to just like take up all that space. Um, but I also feel like it's a lot more accessible and a lot of people see you dance who wouldn't normally see it when you're dancing outside. So what, what exactly does that entail? Like outdoor dance? Is that more like on the jazz contemporary side? Like what does that look like? Yeah. Yeah. Fair question. Um, I do mostly like contemporary, I would say mm -hmm. contemporary modern type dance um and in terms of like the site specific outdoor stuff it's really it just like allows for a lot more creativity with the movement and mm. taking up a lot more space than we would in the theater um and the dance company that i'm currently working with is called kinesis dance project um and that's like we do only outside dancing which is so much fun um, and I, just with COVID and everything right now is it like on hold is it still going on because it's outdoor performances Okay, wild question. We actually just scheduled a performance for like two weeks from now. Yay! Yeah. Um, so it's going to be, we're going to be outdoors in Riverside Park in New York mm. City. Um, and it'll just be me and one other dancer in our company. We're going to be wearing masks, dancing outside, and then we're going to live stream it from the park. Wow. So people can see dancing. Hopefully That's exciting so yeah, yeah the performance is two weeks from now have you guys been like practicing or anything or is this just like a yeah we've been like rehearsing on zoom okay. um pretty much non-stop i've been super impressed that like my dance company hasn't stopped at all while wow. this is all happening um so we've been rehearsing on zoom and then we have just like a couple outdoor rehearsals to get it set in the space and then we're gonna do the performance wow that is, I, I think you're the first dancer who I've talked to that still has been able to dance during this. A lot of yeah. people who are in at least Chicago, like there's not really a lot of outdoor dance. Um, so a lot of people were a part of dance companies that have now unfortunately shut down and it's like, just like all this stuff. So it's so nice to hear that you're still like thriving. You're still able to do that. Yeah, so it's cool. really cool. And I definitely get that. Like, I think it helps that I'm not in like the musical theater world and that like, I, we're not relying on like huge audiences necessarily. Um, yeah, it's just super interesting because we're like, it kind of makes sense to keep dancing even when the dance has to happen online because it's just like another site specific place, um, yeah. which is cool. And I'm so lucky to keep dancing right now <laughs> yes oh my god well I so I have a question for you do you think that with like COVID and stuff like that I know the theater world is massively changing I know like the yeah. or the like art and like visual arts world is massively massively changing do you feel like the dance space is also gonna have that massive impact yeah I feel like it will I feel like it will I've seen a lot more people become open to like online classes and performances mm -hmm. as I'm sure is happening in the theater world um but yeah I feel like there might honestly be more of a shift to like outdoor dancing and mm -hmm. just like shifting what that model looks like like it doesn't always have to happen inside the theater um which would be great because that's my favorite kind of dance. <laughs> yeah 
Oh my gosh. And I also like, I feel like some of this, the dances that I've seen that are outdoors, it's like, I, it's like you were saying, like something about it just like feels outside of you. It just, I like, I know that yeah. sounds like so like mm, hippy dippy, where's the weed grass, but it feels <laughs> a lot more like it feels just like you were saying expansive. It feels like it's not just like your body being confined. It feels like, I don't know. It just feels a lot more like one with the air. I mean, I'm going off on a whole tangent, but it, like, okay. are you smelling what I'm stepping in at all? Oh, like, I feel absolutely. like. Absolutely. I totally am. And I think also like as a dancer, that's something I totally pay attention to is like, I, when I'm performing outside, I feel like there's so much more depth that I can access because I'm like focusing on like things that are happening super close to me. But then I'm also aware of like the man across the park, like, yeah picking up a dog's poop um and I'm like looking at the skyline across the water right so there's like oh all of these gosh. different layers of awareness and I think it like helps you project more as a dancer to, in like a, a more complex way that really comes off to the audience totally and you said so the the performance is two weeks from now when and where can they find the live stream just in case anyone listening wants to get in oh, on this that's a great question um you should follow at Kinesis Project on Instagram, and I'm Amazing. sure we will post about it um, as to when that's happening. I'm not really sure what the live stream is going to look like, TBH. I'm just dancing in it. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you're like, I will be there and dance. <laughs> like, girl, I feel that. Oh my goodness. So like, because I know that a lot of what you and your partner do is like a little bit more like on the personal development side and like that kind of stuff. Do you feel yeah. like you've taken a lot of personal development and moved that into your dance career? It's funny that you ask that because I feel like I haven't started doing it until recently. Mm. Like I think right now, especially with, you know, COVID and like I haven't been to classes in a long time, I'm like really starting to take a look at like, okay, what does like taking up space, what does becoming powerful look like in dance? Um, but I never really thought about that before. So it's a new area for me and I'm very excited what, about it. What does that look like for you? Do you have the answers to those questions yet or are they still kind of marinating? Yeah, I mean, I honestly don't have the answers to those questions, um, but I think it's something I'm super interested in exploring more. I think especially like as a, as a modern dancer, like somebody who's not necessarily looking to do like traditional styles mm -hmm. um it, there's like a lot of like flexibility but also power in like doing different things with your body as a small woman yeah. um it's like such a statement and I feel like that's what I'm interested in diving into totally and especially given the radical political world that we're living in whether yeah. whatever that means like I feel like that kind of dance is going to really come out of this. Like, I feel like the, the women powered and like the, like, let me take up space, even though I'm a small, tiny human. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm still showing you that I'm just as strong as the like bodybuilder standing next to me, you know, like, I feel like that type of movement and storytelling is going to radically come out of this. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. And it's interesting too, like thinking about online dance, like, okay, if you're trying, if like you're trying to be bigger than real life then like how does that come through on the screen and like you know how do you transmit that power yeah. through the screen while people are watching you it's just such a fun experiment totally oh my I'm so excited for you that's so exciting oh my goodness yeah. here I do want to shift gears yes because you're also a financial coach which is like 
so freaking cool. And I have so much mad respect for you because financial and the world of investing and the world of like compound interest and like all this stuff is so overwhelming. And I wanted to have you on the podcast to shed some light and to tell people what are like steps one through five that people can do. So before I get ahead of myself, <laughs> I want to talk about how on earth you got to be a, being a financial coach. Cause this is such a, again, this is such like an interesting pairing. You don't yeah. see that super often. So how did you dive into this world? Yeah. Um, okay. I've always been like a little curious about money. It's literally everywhere, you know, like everywhere you look in life, money has something to do with it. So I, I kind of talked about it a little bit as a kid, but never really got the explanations that I wanted. Um, unlike once I graduated from school, it was super clear that there's like so much about money that should just be common knowledge. Yes. <laughs> um, but for some reason it's not, right? And it can feel like so hard and so taboo to talk about money. So I kind of got into this because I was like, how the heck are we supposed to have a healthy relationship about this thing that has so much shame and secrecy surrounding it. Oh, get me in the heart. Why don't you? That was so good. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Cause I know, I don't think a single person can be in their young twenties. Maybe if you're part of like the, the fancy sperm club, but like all of us mm-hmm. other humans, like we, there's some kind of negative or limiting mindset surrounding money. Yeah. And yeah, why is it not taught in school? Like I, I want to, that is like one of my life's missions is to figure out why is this stuff not taught in school? I don't want to be the one to teach it. I'll hand that to you. But like, oh, I want to know. I say, that's my life's mission. That's your life. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find out the why. But oh my gosh, that's, oh my goodness. So continue, sorry. Okay, yeah. So, so I kind of like started to make these realizations and I just like dove in head first after college. Um, I started like reading books, listening to podcasts, taking courses. Um, and, and while I was doing it, kind of adapting all of that information to my artist freelancer lifestyle. Um, cause what I found is a lot of information is given out for like nine to five salaried workers, oh, yeah. but not necessarily all of that applies to people who aren't interested in that. Um, so when I decided to start teaching financial literacy and doing money coaching, I just wanted to make money feel like super accessible and fun and like make it clear that you can be financially healthy as an artist. Um, And also like in order to make your creative career last beyond your twenties, like you have to get serious about money. You have to learn this stuff. Otherwise it's just going to eat at you. One more time for the people in the back, please. Like that. Like <laughs> if I had a nickel, and I and I'll speak more into when I was in like head head first into the performing field as a as a musical theater performer. Yeah. Literally everyone around me was not even thinking about where am I investing? What's a four hundred one k? What's a like Roth IRA? Like all of this stuff. No one was even thinking about that, and we we're starting to. Yeah. Get- like our upper like twenties and our lower thirties and all this stuff. And it's like, no one knows this. Yeah. And, and it catches up to you so much. So I think, I, I think when we were chatting a few weeks ago, we talked about those charts where it's like, if you invest yeah. this much now, then you have like a million dollars in five years or, or in yeah. 50 years, excuse me. But if you invest 10 years later and you look at that 
like 40 years, it's like half the amount. I hope that made yeah. sense. But like the earlier you start, the better. And yet for some reason, no one's thinking about it. Yeah, exactly. And I think like with my, with my coaching business too, like we do, we for sure have resources to talk about investing, but like a lot of what I find people need help with is also like the building blocks that come before that. Mm -hmm. Like the reason we save up an emergency fund and the reason we like want to get together how to pay for irregular expenses. And the reason we want to pay off debt is so that you can start investing and like take advantage of compounding returns earlier, Mm -hmm. which I know you wanted to ask. Oh girl, I want to dive all into compounding. Like that is like (laughs) one of the reasons I wanted you on, but I I want to touch first. So like, let's say someone listening is like, I'm so like all of a sudden feeling I'm so behind. Oh my gosh, I should have been starting. So like, what would you say to them to be like, sweet, sweet human? It's going to be okay. Yeah, it's going to be okay. hundred (laughs) percent. It will be okay. Um, I would say the first step is just to like like get mindful with your money like practice observing your thoughts and your feelings and behaviors because like just as the mindfulness practice not trying to change anything like just yet um because I mean I'm sure you this comes into your life coaching as well but like there's so many subconscious habits and thought patterns and the first step is just to become aware yeah um and then you get to figure out what's not serving you and and figure out how to change them so I like to say coaching in any form is three as the three s's it's state story strategy and a lot of people go straight into strategy but if they're state in their story don't support the awareness to what strategy they actually need, then they're screwed. Like, you know, it's like, you're just going to keep getting shitty strategy and shitty results. Whereas, Oh my gosh. I love that way of putting it. I've never heard it like quite broken down like that before, but that's so (laughs) true. I'm going to give credit where credit is due. I totally stole this from my father who's a Tony Robbins coach. So it's totally a Tony Robbins. (laughs) I, I think it's genius. And I think it's how, it's, it's how I approach coaching and it's how yeah. I approach most, most things in life. It's like, if my state is in a shitty place, if I'm not yeah. feeling like confident or empowered, and then if I'm telling myself a bad belief system, let's say with money, like, oh God, I'm not worth money. I'm not worth earning money or stuff <laughs> like that. Then I'm going to take really shitty strategy. Like I'm going to keep spending money where oh, I need it for mental health and happiness when it actually is like, oh, maybe you didn't need the extra guacamole 15 times and instead uh-huh. you could have put that aside and like paid off on your credit cards, you know, like, yeah, like, yeah. that's obviously a very dramatic situation, but like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Not to harp on the extra guac. Uh, I do love <laughs> guac. It's such a weakness. <laughs> oh, me too. Oh my goodness. But so like, I want to, I want to say to the... So, Cause I know something that you, you talk about your client or talk about with your clients is mm. just observing and how long do you have them just observe their spending and their mindset? Yeah. Um, I do it for like two weeks to a month. Okay. Yeah. Cause I feel like, I mean, mindset, it could be shorter than that, but for spending, like I really want to get a full picture of like what goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like month to month, your spending is going to be different. So, you know, just start somewhere and, and whatever life throws you, life throws you and that's all good. Um, what would you but yeah, I would say track your spending for like a month, observe your thoughts for like a month, see what's not serving you, see where you can get more intentional. And then 
in terms of like a first financial step, um, definitely the emergency fund is my number one. Yep. Um, so, you know, once you've tracked your spending, you should have a rough idea of what it takes for you to get through an entire month. Um, and just kind of take that, that bare bones base number and try to save up enough um, for one month and then two months and then three months until eventually you're up to like five or six months yeah. of savings. Oh my God. That's like so good. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so I, cause a lot of people are very like, I want it now. And the yeah. idea of waiting a whole month feels so daunting. Yeah. Why do you have people do one month? I mean, I think it's, it's for a couple reasons. One is because I just think it like, it takes that long to become fully aware and like start to really become intentional. Um, the other reason is actually like, like, you know, the idea where just like the practice of observing something makes it slightly different. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I find that even, even if you're just intending to observe or like just intending to be mindful, like a lot of my clients really do start making changes in the mm. first month um, because, you know, you're out and about and you're like, okay, is this something that really truly sits well with me? Is this something that like makes my heart get really excited is this yeah. something that like makes me anxious and makes my hands sweat um and so like they're kind of able by the end of that month to just to differentiate between all of those feelings and then like you're, you're just like honing your decision making skills simply by like observing what goes on so like yes change happens in that month but like you're you're just like becoming more in touch with what's happening with what's going totally. on do you notice any like major patterns that you see with the majority of clients or the majority of people who come to you? Yeah. Yeah. I would say people tend to stick to like one of two things, like either they're overly restrictive with like spending, um, or they're like overly impulsive and emotional. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. So like you can be on either one of those sides and, and, neither one is better or worse. It's just like a matter of deciding what serves you and getting really intentional with both your spending and your savings. Oh my goodness. I, I think I heard, or do you know, um, uh, millionaire mind? Oh gosh. What's the name of that book? I have a millionaire mind. It's, 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 it's a okay. book and it has a huge course that goes along with it. Yeah. And I I go, it's, it's by T. Harbecker. It's a great book. If you're wanting to really get your mindset around money, like, rock solid, but I went to their four day, like immersive course yeah. and talked about how there's four different types of people when it comes to money. And there's the overly restrictive, like you were saying, and mm -hmm. then there's the overly impulsive, which are the two huge, huge groups. Yeah. And then there's the, um, oh God, the avoider when mm -hmm. it comes to money, where they like, don't look at their bank account and just kind of like cross their fingers and hope for the best. That was me for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, there's the monk, which to be honest, I still kind of think that's like a little bit of catch-all, but right. they were like, that's like the person who just like is at peace with money. And I'm like, who are these people and where can I study under them? Right. Like, <laughs> you know, that's not even me. <laughs> oh God. Like, I don't know. So that's a whole different story, but like hearing that and really noticing like, oh, I avoid money like crazy mm -hmm. because if I look at it, then it becomes real. Yeah. And it's like what you were saying, like the second we start becoming extremely aware is when you notice all the shit you have to deal with. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And just like 
observing, becoming aware will make it really clear what you want to change and where you want to go. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> if you're enjoying this episode, I've got some options that will help you get to the next level. First, I have a free five-day mindset makeover to help you gain the mindset tools that will last a lifetime. Get yours in the link below and you can start today. Now, if physical and mental health is more your jam and you need some major accountability to move forward with your goals, I have a membership community, Lift, that will be right up your alley. Learn more by clicking Lift below. However, if you want the cream of the crop, high-touch one-on-one support, and if you want to create some massive change in your life, then my one-on-one coaching program is just for you. Click the discovery call link below to schedule a free 30-minute one-on-one session with me. Now, back to the episode. Oh my goodness. Okay, so I want to talk about compounding with you. Yes. First of all, for everyone and maybe even myself included, can you do just like a overview of what compounding is and what that looks like? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so this is like... I would say like finance 102. Um, <laughs> What's 101? Right? Yeah. What's 101 out of curiosity? Um, emergency funds, right? Beautiful, like, beautiful, you want to make beautiful. sure you have savings. Um, <laughs> and maybe like paying off credit card debt. Okay. Um, so finance 102, we're talking about building wealth. Um, and compounding is the way to do that. So like essentially, if you've ever heard the phrase, um, like making your money make more money or making your money work for itself, this is what people are talking about. Um, And like the whole idea is you get the foundations down, you get the savings, you pay off your debt, you build these money mindset and habits um, so that you can get started on taking advantage of this. Um, So when you get to the place where you should be investing, um, you can essentially expect your money to double about every year, every 10 years. Ooh, I like Um, that. Okay. Yes. So there's this like cool thing called the rule of 72. Um, you can like look this up if you're into it. Um, but it's just like a math trick where you divide 72 by the average returns. Um, and for the stock market, we're talking like seven to 10%, um, which brings us to money doubling about every 10 years. Um, so with that example, let's say I have a hundred K right now. Um, this is hypothetical. And then in 10 years, right? So we'll take that rule. It's going to become $200,000. In 20 years from now, it's going to double again. It's going to be $400,000. In 30 years from now, it's going to double again. It's going to be 800K. And then in 40 years, it will have doubled four times from the original $100,000 and it'll become $1.6 million. That sounds dope. <laughs> so that, sounds that, sounds like, that sounds great. Yeah. So, but like what this makes super clear is that it's not about how much you're able to invest, but like truly how early you're able to get started. Mm-hmm. Right. So even if you can only start out with like $50 a month, that's like so good. Totally. And where can people go to start like, I, I know that when I started looking at this, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so great. Where yeah. do I go? What do I put this into? Like, how do I not get scams? Like all this kind of stuff, you know? Yes. Okay. Such important questions. Um, okay. For like educational resources, um, I would say Investopedia is great. Mm-hmm. Um, 
nerdwallet.com also like love nerdwallet really well um and i also really recommend the book um i will teach you to be rich by ramit sethi um he has a really i just like the way he talks about investing um because it's super like i think in touch with the strategy that works for most people is just to like buy and hold and like let it grow Mm -hmm. um before you touch it so yeah I would start there like do some research make sure you're comfortable with like investing terms and like you know what things are um (laughs) you know like if you don't want to pick your own investments there are these nifty things called robo advisors nowadays um where you can like it's like an online bank account but it's for investments and essentially you can create an account with a site that will basically you'll tell it what kind of account you want to open um and it'll pick the investments for you so my mind is blown right now i'm like i'm typing furiously notes on the side because this is stuff that i'm 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 blown away that this stuff exists like yeah and the i mean the robo advisors i think are like something a little bit new like super mm. targeted to millennials but like it's not that hard to just start and you can start there and then you can move to like self-directing your own accounts once you have a better idea but like the important thing is just to start yep for sure and I feel like because a lot of us like for instance I learned a lot of like investing from people who where it's like you have to like see what the stock market's doing like what are the big major companies doing do you think they're going to go up or do you think they're going to go down and I'm just like god that sounds like a lot of work on the side that sounds like a lot of like reading and learning and it's just like oh that's so long <laughs> like you know I get yeah, like yeah. I got so impatient and so it's just like it blows my freaking mind that now we have AI to do it for us yeah and it's just like obviously like be smart and don't like throw your money at AI but like you know if you like if it makes sense we don't have to like be Warren Buffett where we read nine hours of the paper a day you oh my know gosh. yes <laughs> Um, yeah, I 100% agree. Also, like, all the way we talk about investing as kids or, like, in schools is just, like, so not how it actually happens in practical life, right? Like, you're you're talking about, like, buying parts of individual companies, and, like, yes, that's what investing is, but in reality, it's more efficient to select, like, a basket with a bunch of those Mm -hmm. different companies in it. That's what we call an index fund, vocab moment. Um, And so it's, like, more efficient to select something that's already diversified, that already, like, has all of that incorporated into it um, so that you don't have to read the, like, 900 hours of books that Warren Buffett has read. Um, So, like, yeah, we just, like, need a really huge revamp of how investing is taught. Well, I I remember... I think you and I talked about this. I was reading a book. It's called Smart Couples Get Rich, which is yep. an awesome book. And I, lo- I love what the author was saying. However, the book was about 10, maybe nine years old. So when they were talking mm-hmm. about like compound interest, it was like, yeah, I'm like nine to 10%. And I was like, dope, this sounds really easy. And then I start looking it up and it's like, that's, those percentages don't exist anymore. It's definitely yep. now like, one percent, one point two percent, like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and it it sucks because a lot of like the big money books are sometimes from ten years ago. For and sure. I know there's a new book. It's called The Latte Factor. Um, it's by the same author, but it's like completely mm-hmm. revamped and it's like mm-hmm. millennialified. 
Um, I highly recommend it. I've only read a little bit of it, but from what I've read, it's really great. Yeah. But it's just like, we're not taught the, the realities of what's happening right now. Like, right. I mean, COVID is a great example. Like COVID, the stock market crashed like crazy and everyone mm-hmm. flipped out when in actuality, a lot of people came out of 2008, that recession, making insane amounts of money through the stock market because they waited for it to go down and then they waited for it to go up. It was that simple. Yeah. Yeah. And like, exactly. You're totally right. Like what you want to do with investing is like create a plan, like regardless of what's happening in the world and like what all of these like crazy, like economic things that are happening. Um, so like create your own plan, one that works for you and then just stick to it. Like if the market crashes and you're 30 years old, you're going to be fine. You have a lot of time. Just stick to your plan. Uh, Thank you for saying that because I know so many people see the the red numbers and they're like, oh my God, pull out, like freak out, let's go away. And it's like, no, 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 no. And I mean, I don't, I, this is like uncharted territory really for me. I only know from what I've learned from my mom, but like, I just think that that's, oh God, there is something I wanted to talk with you about because a lot of your approach to that one-on-one idea Mm -hmm. is to not be so restrictive where you're only eating like cup of noodles and PB&Js all the time. Yes. So how do you, how, how, how do you have people save like really great amounts of money and still be able to really live their life? Yeah. I mean, I think it's funny. Like I, I talk a lot about there being like similarities between how budgeting is presented to us and like bad dieting, right? Like <laughs> it's just not, it's not sustainable if you're being super restrictive. It's not sustainable if you're like eating cup of ramen every day um, because you have to balance like what makes you happy and fulfilled now and like what is going to truly get you to your goals. Yeah. Um, and ideally like they shouldn't be in conflict with each other. Um, can you speak into that a little bit more? I'm curious. Like, I mean, I think it's just, if you want to be debt free, so you can start building wealth, like ask yourself why, why you want that? Like, why do you want to build wealth? If it's like, okay, I want to have, um, like the freedom to take time off of work and, and build strong relationships, right? Like you can start on that now as well. It's not like mutually exclusive to like, you paying off your debt and and becoming really rich yeah Um, like I think there are a lot of things in life that we can get fulfillment out of if we just approach it in a slightly different way totally yeah um so I think that's number one oh there's so many sirens it's okay you're from New York it's good (laughs) exactly oh my goodness um okay so other ways to save money I think it's all about like small swaps um something that I often have people do is like look through subscriptions that they might not be using, see if you can negotiate anything down, um, like utilities, rent, um, cable, phone bills, like all of these things, you can call and ask your provider, like, hey, can I pay a little less for this? Um, You're not gonna say it just like that, you're gonna say, you know, you're gonna sound like an actual real adult. But if you ask for it, oftentimes you will get it. Um, And then like save, put aside what you've saved from that. Um, Another thing that people can do is like just reduce the frequency that things happen, right? Like if you're, if you get a lot of fulfillment, like getting your nails done or getting a haircut, can you reduce the frequency from like 
twice a month to once a month and, and yeah. save that extra money. So it's not about like huge lifestyle changes. It's just about tiny, small swaps that, yeah. that compound together. Well, and especially if you're so aware of the ins and outs of your bank account. Yeah. Like I know that there was a time in my life and honestly, I'll, I'll say that I still have a little bit of this where it's like, like my, my card is just like, boop, it's like automatic, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know those little teeny tiny purchases of $4 or less they yeah. add up really quickly and it's so easy to see like, Oh, a cup of coffee is $4. I haven't bought coffee yeah. in so long cause COVID, but like, you know, those little things like we, we forget what our bank account looks like through, like you were saying subscriptions. That's such a great one. Cause those automatic mm-hmm. things really get you. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it all just comes down to becoming intentional and like one other thing that I think is important to realize is like yes it's important to be intentional with like how often am I buying coffee but like that's like a five dollar problem right like can you make a bigger difference by tackling like a fifty dollar problem or like a five hundred dollar problem um so like just look at where you can make the biggest impact I think instead of like focusing on all of all of the little details. Oh, that's a good point. Oh my gosh. And to be, and I'll, I'll be super honest with you, that goes against a lot of what I was taught about saving. Yeah. So that's absolutely. really, I, have you read, um, or do you know about the like 80, 20 rule? Yes. So like <laughs> 80, eight, so like looking at where 80% of your money is going to and seeing how you can reduce that by 20% or something like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, and oftentimes it's going to be like, really large like fixed costs like you know if you have a car payment if Mm -hmm. you're paying rent like these things might feel like you can't change them but if you ask for it sometimes you can you can always like downgrade your car or move to a less expensive place get a roommate or you can make more money um so so there are options and I think like it's so easy to get stuck like looking at the numbers that already exist and trying to like make them work but like you're in charge of the numbers so you get to change whatever you want I want to speak about that real quick because a lot of people could hear the like oh well you could just make more money and just be like easy for you like you know (laughs) one of those moments what what would you say to those people who immediately are like I can't make more money absolutely not yes I love (laughs) the question okay first of all you can make more money um I would say you should look at what you love to do, what skills you have, and like if there are any problems that those skills can solve, right? Because that's essentially what making money is. We're like providing skills, we're providing services to solve a problem for somebody. So if you can get creative with that, you can make money off of almost anything. I literally just recorded another podcast episode this morning that's like the five steps to starting a business, like the first five steps, nothing daunting, like just the first five baby quote unquote steps. And so many people think that, well, I have to go to a job that's secure. I, I'm going to call that out. Nothing's fucking secure anymore. Yeah. Like you I think can that's be becoming so clear. I think especially with COVID and especially, I won't even say especially with COVID, it was clear even before that. Like you can be at a job for four or five years, whereas with our parents, the boomers, 
that would have been job security for life. They would have had healthcare. They would have somehow gone up the ladder, maybe someday, and like mm-hmm. kind of like gone up, go to work, maybe hate their job for the rest of their life. But at six <laughs> years old, you get to retire and finally live when your like yeah. back hurts. Like that's not our reality anymore. And us millennials are really starting to realize that. And but so much of us still has that old mentality of mm-hmm. you have to hate your job because it's secure. And maybe yeah. it's not in blatant terms like that, but that might be an underlying <laughs> thing. Right, exactly, exactly. But to love your job and to love, and to, and here's the deal where a lot of people don't really agree with this, but love your jobs. Like I make money from many different areas. Like, yeah. you know, like the podcast. I also have like my coaching business. I also have like a side job that I love where I get to do speeches and talks and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, I make money from all these different areas and people forget that they can open up a new outlet. So will you speak into that for a second? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think it's so true that like the more streams of income you have, like the more secure you can eventually be. And also the more flexibility you have. Like, I think what we're seeing right now is like, okay, people who had one job and then they got laid off are like all of a sudden like scrambling to find new ways to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that's that's the reality of what it is right now. And if that's you, then like take this moment and figure out what, like you said, is really gonna make you happy. Mm-hmm. Like, are you somebody who wants to be doing only one thing? Are you somebody who's really like multi-hyphenate, multifaceted, and and wants to be doing a lot of things? And like, how can you divide all of that up? so that your time and energy goes where you want it to go and so that you're making the amount of money you want to make. Oh, you're so good. I love this. Oh <laughs> my goodness. So something that you and I talked about, sorry, my, oh, my door goes off. Something that you and I talked about that I really want to make sure we touch on here is just the idea of like, there's some backstory with money and there's some like, I, I know, especially with what's going on in the world right now, yeah. There's some there's some darkness about money, about who knows what really coming to light, specifically around like LGBT, around racism, mm-hmm. around all this kind of stuff. And I know that's a topic that you really have dove into. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think it's just so important to become aware of when we're talking about money, we're also talking about a lot of systems that have created like massive inequality in our country. Um, and, and money is just tied into that. Um, like a lot of us are familiar with the wage gap, um, for women and, and black indigenous people of color. Um, but there's also like a huge difference in financial literacy in marginalized communities. Mm -hmm. Um, and there, and tied into that, there's a huge difference in how many people are able to invest and build generational wealth. Um, so, so obviously learning about managing money isn't the only thing we need to even out this inequity, but it's super powerful to teach people how to build generational wealth, especially if they've been historically excluded from that. Um, so that's a lot of why I try to make my content really accessible. And like, yes, I have paid programs and like, that's great but like I try to put a lot of information out there for free um to make sure that people are getting the tools that they need and to make sure that like I'm a resource they can go to if you have nobody else in your family who knows about building wealth um like it's just important 
I'm going to back you up. And for any listeners, like, um, we'll obviously have all your links and stuff in the show notes. Like, please, for the love of God, go and just open up a conversation. Like, or even just like, even on your stories, you put so much content about like, (laughs) Hey, here's how you do this. And like, here's the stuff. And I'm like, shit, I never thought of that. Like, that's so good. And like, you, I mean, of course, like we're, we're businesses, you know, there, there have to be like that one-on-one touch and Mm -hmm. let's be real when you're working with someone more directly, whether that's through a paid program or whether that's through one-on-one coaching, you're going to get a lot more out of it than if you're just passively looking at something. But even just like those little teeny tiny reminders throughout your day of like, Hey, investing exists. Like, remember this, (laughs) like, you know, I think it's so powerful to just be there as a person who's like, frankly, not an old white man um, who, like, feels more approachable and, like, I'm super openly queer and, like, I'm a person of color. Um, To just, like, have younger people see somebody who maybe reflects them a little more talking about what they actually need to know about money. Well, especially money that's such a, I don't know, it's, there's something so powerful about seeing, like, like you were saying, someone in a very openly beautiful queer relationship, someone who's a woman, someone who's of color, like seeing that person talk so openly and confidently about money. Yeah. It's just, it's that whole, like, if you don't see it, how you, how do you know that you can be it? If you only see straight white men in suits talking about money, I'm sorry. I don't care whoever you are. If you are not a straight white man in a suit talking, like you won't be able to see that and be like, Oh, I can be that too. Yeah, exactly. It's so hard to like get interested in it when, when there's no reflection of like who you are and who you're, who you want to be represented by. Um, yeah. And I feel like for me also, like, yeah, I'm like building a business and I want to be super wealthy, but I only want that if I can like bring my community of queer people and, and people of color and women with me, you know, like I, I don't want to just like, take the stairs up by myself. I want to like be surrounded by people who I know really need this information. And I can, I can, from the bottom of my heart, attest to this. Like, I feel that from day one of looking at your content before I even reached out and talked to you and Sarah, uh, like spoiler alert, Sarah's your girlfriend. (laughs) I realized I didn't say that in the, in the beginning, but like, um, I, I, I feel that like, you're not just about like a, look how much I know about money. Look at how amazing I am. It's very <laughs> like, let me, let me tell you this. Like, this is so important for you to know. And I really care about you getting this information and that's unique in the money space for sure. Thank you. I, I really it. try hard to come across that way. So you do. And that's like, <laughs> I, I, like, I, it feels so genuine and so natural and so organic from you. Like I just, I, that's what, so much of what I love about your business and about like Sarah's business and about you guys coming together as this like power, awesome duo, just being unstoppable women. I am a huge fangirl of your relationship. So I mean, oh, I it. thank you very much. It's I, so funny because I feel like that's like our biggest selling point. <laughs> um, like people are just really into seeing like healthy gay relationships and apparently we do it well. You do. I can, I mean, obviously like we we only see what we perceive on social media, but like it, again, it just always feels so organic from you. I have a question and feel free to be like, you know, we don't do this or like, this is like not really podcast material, but like do you and Sarah do anything as money 
Like, what would you say for money couples? Is yeah. there any, and is there any specific actions you need to take? Oh, yes. This is a great question. Um, I would say, like, depending on what stage you are in the relationship. Oh, for um, sure. You know, like, if you're starting to become serious about this person, like, make sure money is something you guys can talk about. Um, and not just, like, daily money management, but, like, your hopes and fears and dreams about money. Um, because like the ability, I think Sarah and I do this often and it's like, I think our biggest money strength to like, yes, you know what you need to save and like, you know, like somebody's going to pay the bills and somebody's going to do the budgeting, but the ability to then like zoom out and make sure you're aligned on like the big vision and you have an idea of like what needs to happen financially to make that happen. Um, I feel like that is where like the real power comes in with couples and money. Oh, that's so good. I'll, I'll share a quick story. I was with someone many, many years ago who, and I've always been like a, I want to have a beautiful company. I want to be making a lot of money and I want to be having a big impact for a while. I didn't know what that looked like, whether in the coaching space or in the performing space, but, um, I was with someone who was very comfortable struggling by mm-hmm. and, and not really looking at and, and, and taking money seriously. And I like to think about it in the way of a thermostat versus a thermometer. And like when you walk into the room and let's use it in like a, a state, an emotional state example, if I walk into a room of people who are really, really sad, who have just like devastatedly had a loss and I'm like super, super confident, what are the odds that I'm going to go and lower down to meet them at their level? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I call being the thermometer. Like you're dropping or you're lowing no matter what the thermostat is set to at the room. Totally. But if you are the thermostat, you can walk into that room, still stay confident and bring everyone else up to your level. Mm-hmm. And I like to look at it in the same way with money. It's like you have to be set to the same temperature as your partner. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's not to say that you have to be that way all the time, right? Like there are going to be seasons where like one of you is more stressed out than the other or one of you has different priorities than the other person. But the idea is that you can like talk about it and, and come to a temperature that, that feels good for both of you. Oh, I love that. Oh my goodness. You're so wise. You're so wise. (laughs) I'm just like, God, I can't (laughs) believe just how much you know. And this is so so amazing. So before we do the whole big wrap up, I want to do some little quick segments. Um, what is a, like, uh, excuse me, what is a small step that you took towards a goal this week? Or what is a small goal you achieved this week? Yes. Okay. This is actually super exciting. I feel like it's a big step. We'll um, take it. Yeah. <laughs> I got myself a business coach um, because I really, I, I'm like so passionate about this financial coaching business. And I love that, like, I can continue to dance and, like, make an impact in the communities that I care about. So I got myself a business coach. We're going to see where it goes. I just want it to freaking grow. I'm so, literally, any time I've ever invested in a coach, my business went from here to here. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. and, like, for, vis- or for listeners who can't see, like, low, low, low to the high, high highs. Yeah. And then I set a new standard, and then I get the next business coach that meets me at the next one. Like, I'm so excited for you. Oh my goodness. Yay. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. It's very exciting. I'm super pumped. Yay. And then what is one way that you got in your own way this week? Oh, okay. This is a great (laughs) question. Um, 
I feel like this is funny because I'm a dancer, um, but I'm actually like working on moving my body more. Mm -hmm. Like I've found it very challenging to stay active in quarantine. Um, and I'm like, so it's so hard for me for some reason. You mean so, staying in a yeah. New York apartment and moving your body is difficult? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, right. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? <laughs> two people running businesses from home. It's just not conducive to like working out all the time. Um, <laughs> but I'm trying to do it more because it, it makes me feel good. And I just know like it's going to make me feel so much better. Oh, man. Um, that's, it's always good to like take stock of it like, Okay, so that's something I've been tolerating recently. Let's like see yeah. if we can bump it up to something that I actually start enjoying yeah. and like looking forward to every single day. Because I think we can all agree, and listeners, I'm going to throw you under the bus as well. Quarantine has been really hard to make those daily habits of moving our body. Yeah. Like, especially if you're in a major city, like going outside is not really something you can do every day mm -hmm. safely. And moving inside well, yes, it's totally possible. Sometimes it's a lot hard to get you, a lot harder to get you excited to like, yeah, I'm going to do a YouTube workout. Woo! Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, yeah, so like get off the couch, put on the exercise clothes. <laughs> totally. It just seems like so daunting, but it's like, it's like you said, like we always just feel so much better. Yeah. After we do it. Oh my goodness. 100%. You're incredible. Where can people find you so that they can learn as incredible? Uh, how oh my goodness. Thank you. You're incredible. Okay. People can find me um, on Instagram at Sumaya Malakarillo, um, my full name. And then my website is also sumayamalakarillo.com. Um, and that has all of my information about my programs, a couple free resources if you want it. Um, so check that out too. What are your programs just so people know? And what are your free resources? Yeah, um, I have currently three ways to work with me. Um, the first one is like high touch one-on-one -on -one coaching. So we'll work together for like three months and make a super customized financial plan. Um, another way is like a one-time 90-minute deep dive session. Like if you just want help with one specific topic, um, we can totally break that down. Um, and then I have a monthly membership um, with a lot of like financial literacy resources um to just kind of start building those skills as well oh that's so cool I oh my goodness I love that I love that you have a 90 minute like little kind of touch base sort of situation yeah, I really yeah, like that I that's like, unique yeah I kind of like that larger amount of time because I think especially with money like we get to open we do like screen sharing and we get to like open the excel spreadsheets and like actually look at what's happening but then it also leaves time to talk about like your big goals and big visions and make sure that what we're doing in the spreadsheets is actually like getting you there oh that's so good oh my goodness and then last question i promise um if someone is like oh god i've listened to this episode i'm feeling really fired up about money what is one thing maybe it's like a free resource of yours or maybe it's a book or something to learn what is one thing you would say to be like, okay, this is your first step? Ooh, yes. Okay, I'm going to self-promote. Yeah, girl! Um, <laughs> a free resource called A Freelancer's Roadmap to Wealth. Um, and if you're feeling super fired up about money and you want to, like, make a plan, um, this is basically what you need because I just kind of lay out all of the steps, all of those building blocks that we were talking about earlier in this episode um, and just, like, 
it walks you through everything. So go download that. It's on my website. Amazing. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes so people can just snatch it up. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Maya. You're incredible. I just, I so appreciate the world, the world, the word that you're putting out <laughs> there and the, in the world. Um, but thank you so much for being on the podcast today and sharing your wisdom. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you guys got some really good information and action steps from this conversation. And even if it was just something clicked into place for you, even if it was just one little like lock into place or square into a square hole, like if it was even just one of those little things, celebrate that. Because when it comes to money, those little connecting of the dots can really go a long way. And so I'm, I'm so glad you guys listened. Thank you so much for being here. If this episode resonated with you, share it with a friend, share it on social, tag me. I would love to repost it and celebrate the stinking crap out of you. And also, if you have not, please rate and review the podcast. It helps so much with getting the word out there. And I've been receiving so many beautiful little notes from you guys saying how impactful the podcast is. I hope you're enjoying these little mini Thursday episodes as well, which a new one, of course, is coming out in a few days. I love you so much. I am so grateful for you, and I will talk to you very soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Life Coach Baker podcast. Now, don't forget to go and get your free five-day mindset makeover by going to lifecoachbaker.com or by clicking the link in the show notes. Until then, I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.